we try hard things. THT, the endurance kings. THT, we're here to inspire. THT, your stories are fun. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Try Hard Things podcast, the most anticipated podcast, really since the, the birth of the podcast. We are especially excited to get this thing going, and uh, to get, kick things off, we're going to just give you a little bit of a background. Today is, what is today, March 25th, 2020. I'm broadcasting live from THT uh, Studios, I guess, <laughs> in uh, the greater Seattle area. And we've got Seth Brazier on the line, our founder and creator of Try Hard Things. And we're going to get to Seth in a minute, and he's going to go in depth on what this is all about. Seth, where are you broadcasting from? I am from the great city of Visalia, California, right in the heart of California. That's correct. The booming metropolis of Visalia, California. How are things in uh, Visalia? What's the quarantine situation in Visalia uh, right now? Are you guys on lockdown? Yeah, we're on tight lockdown. Can't go out unless you go on a walk or a jog. And... Uh, People are hoarding the toilet paper like crazy, so... Nice, nice. Are you heeding the the governor's restrictions? Oh, yeah. I tried to do all I can to support the governor. <laughs> okay. So, let's give you a little brief intro here. So, Seth and I are both podiatrists... Of all things, I know you ask, podiatrists, why would I want to listen to a podcast with two podiatrists? <laughs> I guess if, if you're the foot fetish crowd, you'll be especially excited about this. Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, so Seth and I are good friends. We met, uh, what was it, Seth, 2009? Does that sound right? Yeah, 2009, started school, yeah. 2009, we started podiatry school. That is a thing for people who don't know. The College of Podiatric Medicine at uh, Western University of Health Sciences, uh, the prestigious uh, osteopathic school there in the beautiful Pomona, California, another beautiful California town, right on par with Visalia, California. Would you agree? Um, you know, I think we have a little bit of charm here in Pomona, but <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, so we went, uh, went to podiatry school there at the strip mall there in Pomona uh, for four years, four years of podiatry school. Um, eventually, we became neighbors, lived in a beautiful community there in um, an equally uh, fine town of uh, Ontario, California. Uh, families became good friends, wives became good friends, but uh, we stayed friends anyway through, through residency and now uh, a few years into our careers as podiatrists, podiatric physicians. Although, are we physicians? Well, according to Seinfeld, no, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite episodes now. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, Google Seinfeld's uh, our podiatrist doctors, I think maybe that'll come up on YouTube or something. Uh, but yeah, that's, that'll be probably a reoccurring theme, a reoccurring joke here on the, the Try Hard Things podcast, our podiatrist doctors. Um, anyway, um, a little more background. Uh, so yeah, Seth's practicing out there in Visalia. I'm practicing um, up here in a town called Issaquah on the east side of Seattle. Uh, and I just opened a practice called Endurance Foot and Ankle. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by Endurance Foot and Ankle. The where, Endurance Foot and the Ankle. The Endurance Foot and Ankle. Uh, where we help athletes overcome and avoid injury. Uh, I forgot my own, my own motto. 
It's uh, <laughs> a great way to start. <laughs> um, recover faster and improve performance. Uh, anyway, did you like that? Yeah, highly recommend that you, that you practice. Thank you. Great things. Uh, it's booming here during the quarantine, especially. Despite the distance that separates us, Seth and I have uh, remained in close contact. Uh, we're both uh, gotten into an endurance sport. Seth has more of a background in endurance. He'll get into that a little bit later as a uh, elite runner. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I took up uh, kind of the triathlon, especially half Ironman. That's kind of our thing, if you will, for now. Uh, back in, I think it was 2014, I started training 2015. Um, no background in endurance sports at all. Um, and then I think the next year, I talked Seth somehow, I talked him into giving it a try. Was it the next year? Yeah, right? you did yours first, and then I followed the following year. Yeah. And we've been hooked basically ever since. So, um, yeah. I think that gives a pretty good synopsis. Um, we are, yeah, living the dream here, uh, training and uh, working on feet. So let me introduce Seth. Uh, Seth Brazier, everybody, hold your applause. Our millions of listeners out there. Seth, you want to dive in a little bit to... Uh, your background, if there's anything else you want to add, and um, kind of your background in endurance, maybe some life obstacles, challenges, whatever, and then t tell us yeah. more. Tell us more about try hard things. What this is all about. What your vision is for this. Um, yeah. So, uh, see, I've been dreaming about this podcast since last night. So, let's see, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> um, I've been, uh, so I guess my whole life I've been involved in endurance in some form or the other. Uh, my mom is a big endurance athlete. Uh, she has been running marathons since her early 20s and has been getting into um, ultra marathons the past few years. Um, she's still going strong. I think she turned 70, no, sorry, sorry, mom, 68. <laughs> And she's Sorry, still Brazier. strong in her ultra running, running 100 mile races and different things like that. Wow. So it's always been part of my life. I didn't take it up myself personally until after college where I kind of was on and off and running. Um, I did a couple marathons, nothing to brag about, but I completed them and I kind of would go into cycles where I'd run for three or four months and I would stop for six to nine months and get back for a few months. Um, and then after, after things calmed down with finishing podiatry school and residency, I started training pretty much full time, I guess you'd say. Yeah. All right. So I've been running for on and off for the past 10 years. Did um, you run in high school? I don't remember. No, I, I did volleyball in high school. Oh, um, that's right. You were... Seth was a, an elite volleyball player. Not quite elite. I did uh, did pretty well in high school. I walked on at BYU and was part of the B practice squad, or known as the dark side, for any dark side. experience with that. Um, and then, yeah, after college, I started running on and off. Um, probably... Like most people, we'd run for three or four months pretty consistently and then stop for about six to nine months and take it up again. Uh, I ran a couple marathons. St. George Marathon was my first uh, ever marathon back in 2009, I think. Started off with a 138 half marathon, about 140. Ooh, nice. That's like a PB <laughs> for me, I think. And ended with an over four hour marathon. So I, I did your typical start too fast and blow up at the end. Um, barely limping across the, the finish line. 
And then after things calmed down with, you know, down with residency and school, I started to get into it full time and, you know, been pretty consistent since. Um, my first triathlon experience uh, was before uh, I did that one with you. It was an Olympic distance. Um, I thought I was ready for it, even though I hadn't really trained much. <laughs> Borrowed a friend's bike and uh, pretty much died. Blew, blew up, day. blew up a little bit. Well, hit the wall. Hit the wall, probably about a hundred meters into the swim. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I pretty much, uh, yeah, walked the whole 6K, <laughs> or no, 10K uh, run. And uh, uh, one good part about the bike that I had is, is an old, old triathlon bike, probably 1970s. And I was riding it halfway through the seat, <laughs> dropped out on me. So I had to stand the rest of the way without a seat. Very nice. Very nice. That's the funny thing about runners, when they get into triathlon right they think that uh, that they can just oh i just gotta get to the run i just gotta get to the run right yeah. and it's that well, easy yeah, it's that easy a, and they I think they can just run at their normal pace yeah i was a uh, about that time about a 330 marathon runner and so i thought i could just get through everything and be able to run and, and man I, that was that was hard hardest run i think i've ever had is that 10k off the, off the bike and swim you're a different different person after the Swimming bike, right? Yep, yeah. So, anyways, I kept going. Um, we we've done how many together now? About six half Ironmans or five, five or six. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're yeah five or six. We've done St. George half Ironman three times together. I've done it four times. Oceanside. What else did we do? Is that it? And you done a couple others. Yeah, I yeah, I did one in Palm Springs and you did that one last year where we both broke five hours uh, in Santa Rosa. Yeah, for, for those who don't know, um, for all our the millions listening out there that uh, aren't familiar with the triathlon world, maybe we should break it down a little bit, put it in layman's yeah. terms. It sounds good. So swim, bike, run. Uh, there is... Uh, I don't know if we want to go into all the details, but you know, there's short course and long distance triathlon, which you have your kind of sprint triathlons, your Olympic and the short course, and then your longer distance, the half Ironman or Ironman. So the half Ironman is the 1.2 mile swim, uh, 56 mile bike, and uh, 13.1 mile run. So sometimes you'll hear this 70.3, that's the cumulative distance, 73.0 miles. Um, yeah, anything to add, Seth? Does that break it down? Um, no, I think that's that's pretty solid. We both um, have yet to do a complete Ironman. I think it's both in our radars, but we still want to kind of get more competitive at the 70.3 uh, distance. Uh, we've, every year we've, we've shown gains, so. Yeah, I think that's what's been cool, right, is, uh, I mean, for me, at least, I got into this like, oh, I'll just kind of bucket list, try it once and see how it goes. And um, I think the first time I finished was like 620 or something like that. Uh, nothing to brag about. Um, but yeah, every year I think we've made gains. And yeah. I think we're kind of at the point where we realize, well, we might actually be somewhat competitive at this thing. So. Um, we've got a long ways to go. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of beasts out there that I don't know if we'll ever catch up to, but that's part Maybe of the challenge. Maybe still going at it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably qualify when we're in our 80s, so we've got that going for us. Yeah. So qualify, what do you mean by qualifying for those who don't know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so kind of the... Well, the mecca of triathlon is, is Kona, right? Everybody's seen the Hawaii Ironman World Championships on NBC. Um, people crawling across the finish line with, uh, what was that guy's name that used to always do the, the voiceover for those? Um, like a, you play the piano or something like that? What's his name? I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember. 
Oh, come to me. John Tesh, the great John Tesh. I think he used to do uh, women's gymnastics in the Olympics as well. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the dream for every triathlete, right, is to qualify for Kona. That's the full distance Ironman, obviously. Um, but our, our kind of more uh, short-term goal is to qualify for world championships for half Ironman. So they have a ha uh, world championship as well for the half Ironman distance. And that's a rotating schedule. So they have that in different locations basically every year. But it's, it's tough. You have to uh, essentially place in the top two or three of, of your age group um, and there's hundreds of people in your age group, usually maybe between two to 300 in our age group in most races. Yeah, just, I mean, just to get a perspective, I qualified for Boston last year, so I will hopefully be running in September because of the coronavirus. But um, compared to, you know, that qualifying for Boston and qualifying for the half Ironman World Championship. Yeah, what's tougher? I mean, Boston is always, is kind of like the mecca for marathon. Yeah. No, I mean... Half Ironman and Ironman is extremely harder or more difficult. Because you're dealing with a direct competition, right? Whereas marathon, you're just time qualification. So, yeah, marathon, uh, there are a lot more slots, but, yeah, it's based on your, your time per age group, and, yeah, the Ironman is based on what, what you place. So even if you're at the top of your game, you know, if you have, you have a bad day that the race day, you, you won't you know, qualify. Exactly. Or... Or vice versa, if you have a decent day and other people had bad days, you could qualify. Yeah. I think even the level of where I have to be physically um, is a lot harder than qualifying for Boston. I think you have to be more fit and more... Um, Plus, you yeah. can kind of cherry pick a downhill marathon or something like that, right? That's what a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah, you can, definitely. Yeah. Not to say, not to take anything away, but that's a huge accomplishment. That's something that... I'll probably never achieve in my lifetime, but anyway, somehow we got into uh, this being a triathlon podcast, which that's my fault. It's not really a triathlon podcast, but um, we just wanted to break that down for you. If we, t we tend to, I think Seth and I tend to talk shop a lot as most triathletes do. They think that the world revolves around triathlon when in fact it doesn't. That's true. And, uh, and our wives can attest to that, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get them on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have the wives on for a guest. Uh, what could we dive into on that podcast? Um, what not to do as a as a endurance <laughs> athlete spouse, or what not to do as a endurance athlete to We probably want to. We probably want to even say anything, right? They'll just talk the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> pretty outspoken people, so. <laughs> anyway, so I think we broke down uh, the triathlon world pretty well there and kind of what our, our goals are. And we talked about, like, breaking sub five. So essentially, this past year, Seth and I both did a uh, half Ironman under five hours for the first time, which was kind of our big goal last year and uh, was pretty cool to achieve that. I think we just got in under like a minute or so, right, Seth? Yeah, I think a minute or two. It's not too spectacular, but yeah. we both got but it, so that's, that's something good. Still a big deal. So now the next goal is, uh, who knows? I don't, I don't really set a time goal, I guess, but yeah. qualify. I think just getting better and better, right? I mean, we every year we've shown improvements, and it's harder as you get faster to, to get you know even that much faster. It's not like... You know, you'll get better and better each year, but... Uh, yeah. More. Yeah. Especially with all the doping we're doing now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no telling. There's no... In our, uh, no limits. Doping cheese. Okay, so I got totally sidetracked there. Uh, so where were you, Seth? Uh, I just finished up my endurance... Um, journey, I guess, to kind of talk about a little more what you were mentioning. We're talking about a lot of triathlon. I also enjoy, you know, marathon. Marathon's a big part of my endurance journey. And uh, ultra marathon, I eventually, I've done a 50K. Uh, I want to get more into ultra marathons at some point, uh, trail running, stuff like that. Um, 
even someday run the, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pipe dream, but the Bad Water Marathon or the Western States Marathon, um, or Ultra Marathon, sorry, they're pretty um, big races that you have to uh, qualify for or just get a, a lottery in to, to get in those. So where I differ with you on that is uh, I love that stuff, but I just love to watch it. Um, I've gotten into like just – have you watched the Barkley marathons? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Those are my favorite. Uh, if you have anybody out – all you viewers out there, we're probably going to uh, overwhelm the uh, servers for the <laughs> Barkley yeah. marathons for YouTube or whatever – with all our millions of viewers here. That's for that, so. So you're welcome, Barkley. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the coolest. Uh, there's a little documentary on, I think it's on YouTube. There's several little videos that people Netflix have. And, uh, Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then several people on YouTube have shot like their own little documentaries about their journey to Barkley, which is pretty cool. That's probably the craziest race I've ever seen, which is basically a, Five five loop uh, marathon yeah. that you have to finish in what sixty hours through the yeah. hills of Tennessee, the back country of Tennessee. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. My mom actually knows the guy Laz that runs it. She's oh, she does. About he, she was going to do a race with him too, but I think that fell through. But she's been really yeah, that, that guy's crazy. Yeah, it's a pretty small world, the whole ultra marathon, which is cool. Everyone knows everyone pretty much. And Like, for example, um, on my 50K, uh, there's a lady called, uh, or sorry. Called, which is what, 31 miles? Yeah, 31 miles. There's a lady named Ann uh, Trayson. And uh, if you look, up, look her up, she's probably the most accomplished ultra runner, ultra runner uh, female in the world. And I got to know her on one of my 50K races. She was, uh, she's older now, so she just walks them, but. Did you beat her? her and, well, yeah, but if she was in her prime, she would <laughs> smoke to me. Tra a Tracen, Ann Tracen? Ann Tracen, yeah. yeah. She, I think she won the overall, or got second overall male and female in the Western States 100 miler, which is the. That's kind, of the, that's kind of the mecca, right, of ultra? Western yeah. states. So. Cool. If you haven't noticed, I use the word Mecca a lot. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> Big enough introduction there. <laughs> well, so let's get back to THT. Right? Right. You heard the intro. THT. We try hard things. Right. Uh, tell us what that means try hard things where, where, what's the genesis of this whole idea like uh, what, what, why did you start this and where do you hope to go with it yeah so I mean a lot of, of, of people think you know why try hard things why not do hard things you know Yoda has this coin phrase of do or do not there's no try right there you go <laughs> but and I look at it a little differently first of all try hard things THT makes a much better design so I can market it better <laughs> It's all about the merch. So ultimately our goal is to just rake, rake it in on merch sales. Okay. So that's what it's all about. So. We're not ready for, I know we're going to have a huge demand, all you viewers out there, but uh, we're working on it. I keep calling you viewers. Uh, obviously listeners apologize. No, but in all honestly, the try hard things. So I look at, I look at it as trying um, instead of doing, you know, at, at the first part of everything we do. So as long as we're trying, we're giving it our, you know, our all, then that will lead to the doing. Um, one thing I think people have fears of is failure. You know, they, they don't try it because they fear that they'll fail at the doing part. But I think as we try more and more, then we'll get to the doing and that will you know, have a bigger impact on our life. And if we fail, I think we need to look at failure as a positive instead of a negative. Um, you know, I, I, we've talked about our Ironmans. I've failed at every Ironman run to this point <laughs> at my standards. 
but I still try. I think everybody, yeah. I mean, most I everybody I smash myself on the bike the or I shouldn't do it. And I just get to that run, and I, I haven't run a full um, half Ironman to my um, level, I think. But, you know, I still try, and I take those failures as, as ways to grow and continue to excel. So you say try hard things. You've talked a lot about triathlon, um, half Ironman, Ironman. So are you saying everybody should try an Ironman? Or marathon or some ultra run what are you what no. are you suggesting yeah to no. so when, when i envision this and it has been something in my head for you know years uh, i envision uh, everyone's unique and everyone's at a different level so it doesn't matter if that's you know you're training for a marathon you're training for a 5k or you're even just training to walk around the block i mean I, i'm sure you're at the same um, situation I'm in with my patients that, you know, they struggle just to get up and walk out the door. And so I envision those people as well, trying, trying hard things and, and pushing their, pushing their limits, um, to their unique circumstances and to what level they're at. And it doesn't mean, you know, going out and doing a marathon or a half Ironman to everybody. So yeah, everybody's hard is, is unique, right? So your heart may be a lot different than what my heart is. Right. Which is true, actually. My heart. And I think I my heart's more. a lot harder than yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds. Uh, that sounds pretty terrible, actually. <laughs> that pretty terrible. <laughs> insert Michael Scott joke, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I think a lot of the inspiration that I get from is from those people that you know, from from the couch, from you know, overweight, that they can push themselves to run a five k, right, or or stuff like that. Yeah, I just had a. I was just telling you, I just had a patient in here right now, and I mean, no, I'm trying not to violate any uh, doctor-patient privilege here in HIPAA, but uh, yeah, we were just talking about his journey, and same thing, he talked about how triathlon has really turned his life around, he's overweight, and just not really happy, and how it's changed so many aspects of his life, right, it's not just his fitness and his health, and I think that's that's kind of what you're getting at, right, is it it's so much more than than uh, endurance sports. So much more than fitness and health. Yeah, it definitely. Um, and yeah, one of the other reasons go playing off of that is to just give people like him and others a voice. You know that they can they can share their inspiration and not not to be prideful or not to say hey look at me, but to give those other people like you know that were like them in the past to you you know go out there and, and try and put forth the effort and, and see what they can do. Let's not sugarcoat it though, right? I mean, we're, we're here for the attention. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. here for the merch sale, like you said. Yeah. So. We're here for the followers, for the likes, for the shares, the Insta stories or whatever they call them. Insta stories. <laughs> No, Seth and I are pretty uh, new to all this social media stuff. I think we're both kind of in the same boat where I'm more of a social media stalker or follower. I don't really like to get engaged too much. So we both kind of had to step outside of our comfort zone a little to to promote this. But I think it's important. Um, like our stories, I, th I think, uh, are nothing remarkable. But... Uh, I'll probably say this time and time again. I think everybody's story is is remarkable in and of itself because it's it's your story, it's our story, right? So um, the the important thing is not to get caught up right, and as we start to highlight people and share stories, you know, we're gonna have people who are missing limbs or are you know overcoming death or you know all kinds of crazy things, but. If you start comparing stories, I mean, you're always going to find somebody's story that's more miraculous than yours, but um, that's not the point, right? We don't want to get caught up in comparison. Is that fairly accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, one, what's interesting and what's great about it is each person's story is unique to them, right? Um, I mean, for example, and it doesn't have to be even like a race. I was just thinking about um, a guy that shows up at the swimming pool with me. So I, I usually swim when I when I could, now that the coronavirus has shut down all the gyms and kind of out of that. But I would swim about three times a week 
4.30 a.m. in the morning. And uh, this gentleman, probably in his 40s or 50s, about 300 plus pounds, uh, was almost there every time I was swimming next to me. That was a shot at me, right? That 4.30 a.m. since yeah, exactly. I swim at like 12 or 1 p.m. every day. Yeah. But it's those people like, like him that inspire me to get up, you know, and get going. You know, he's, uh, and he was there consistently, you know, trying, uh, this has been over years, not just, you know, a couple of weeks. But it's, it's, it's people like him that, you know, give me that, that inspiration and, you know, each story is different. But for him, you know, that's a hard thing and he's consistently overcoming the, the doubts and the feelings of, oh, I'm going to stay at home and I'm going to sleep. But, but yeah, he gets up and he, he goes and swims at 4.30 a.m. Awesome. So that guy, wherever you are, you're probably listening right now. What's his name? Should we give him a shout out? I don't know his name. Oh, you don't know his name. <laughs> I talked to him. <laughs> Did you make this up? Yeah, sorry. That's, uh, I think his name is Michael, but uh, I haven't seen him in a while because of the whole quarantine thing. And, and actually, I haven't been showing up at 4.30 in a couple weeks, so... <laughs> Michael, hopefully you're safe. You don't have the quarantine, the, sorry, the Corona virus. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so you talked a little bit about, uh, role models. Um, you talked about your mom, obviously. Um, anyone else you look up to when it comes to kind of the embodiment of this, mentality this well, it's almost like a mamba mentality right try hard things yeah definitely um yeah i think uh rest in peace cobes exactly yeah i know i, I still can't believe that by the way i was watching uh uh just just yesterday while i was on the bike trainer i was watching the kobe last game 60 point yeah. game against the Jazz, I started to tear up at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I it was pretty emotional. Uh, My favorite quote of his is just that trust the process. Right? And that's perfect for endurance. You know, we, we have our plans. We are getting ready for the racing. We just have to realize that we need to trust the process of our training. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Seth and I are both big Lakers fans, by the way, so... Hopefully that doesn't cost us half our viewership. <laughs> Go Lakers. <laughs> so, sorry, you were going back to uh, role models, people the that, models, people that um, embody the mentality. Well, before we get to endurance people, um, one of the reasons why I, I felt the need to inspire people as far as in what my area, which is endurance sports, um, comes from my wife, Shane. Um, so her, she, she inspires people on a different level. So she's musically talented. Um, probably one of the best musicians I know. We should have her do our intro music, huh? I know. But she writes her own music, and she, uh, and she has been performing recently um, at various you know, um, gatherings, I guess you would call them. Um, but what's interesting, every time she performs, I mean, you have people literally bawling. Um, so touched by her music we still she still gets text messages emails from people who say oh I saw you months ago here and, and you know you really changed my life um, I really felt this powerful message that you you had in your music and uh, so that kind of got me thinking you know how can I inspire like like she can and uh, I try to think of you know ways to inspire people through through what I'm good at well kind of good at, I guess, is endurance sports. <clears throat> humble, humble, humble brag, humble brag. Yeah, that got me uh, motivated to <laughs> to start this try hard things. Just seeing the inspiration she could do through her music, which is, you know, totally different inspiration, and seeing what I could do to help inspire as well. I think just seeing that on people's faces is something that I wanted to be able to do as well. Is she um, is Shane right there? Is she there with you? Yeah, is that, is that like what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? A twenty dollar bill. Or <laughs> I don't have to sleep in the couch tonight, so. <laughs> no, I can attest to that. That's yeah. She's pretty, pretty remarkable. That's that's neat. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like I said, you know, my, my mom has been a big inspiration to me growing up. I uh, just, you know, she's always been running. She runs every day that I can think of. Never really been injured, which is pretty remarkable. She puts in, you know, 50, 60, 70 mile weeks or more. She's never really had any running type injury. Or if she has, she just powers through it. You know, she, a couple of months ago, she said her foot was hurting her. I told her to stop running. And of course, she didn't listen to me. And, yeah, endurance athletes don't stop. That's one thing. But uh, she, you know, she's seven. Why well, I keep saying 70? <laughs> That's not going to be Sorry, Miss Brazier. Jeez. Uh, she's 67, I think. Um, you know she's not going to listen to this ever, I right? Know this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's, uh, she's running 100-mile endurance runs. She just ran one a couple months ago, actually. finished 100 miles. Um, so it's pretty remarkable how she can hold up. Other inspirations, uh, like that guy in the pool I talked about, you know, He's, you know, pretty bad health, overweight, but he still gets up and he, and he does it for his own health. Um, another inspiration I had uh, when, I, when I did break five hours uh, last, last year, there was a, a 58-year-old guy. He's in really good shape, and he, you know, he smoked me. And I thought I was going pretty fast to get beat by a 58-year-old that, you know, has, has still dedicated his life to this endurance adventure uh, it's pretty humbling and yet inspiring that he can still do that his age yeah that's that's the wild thing for those listening that haven't participated in these events is you've got these i mean seth and i are approaching our 40s but uh you've got these 40 50 60 year olds that are still flying right i mean they're yeah it's remarkable what they can do yeah they're it's pretty pretty amazing to watch them. But it's also cool. I mean, when you go out on these courses, every I mean, almost every event you're going to see. We've seen uh, double amputees on bikes. Yeah. Uh, I met a double amputee at the St. George Marathon. Uh, talked to him for a little bit. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, Kona. Kona inspirational story. Kona had their first uh, above the knee double yeah. amputee finisher this year. Yeah. Um, and then you got, we've seen blind people out on the course. Blind people. Yeah. Swimming, okay. right? I mean, you just. Know, fathers carrying their sons that have, uh, you know, quadriplegic or something like that where they can't move at all. And they have, you know, their fathers or even mothers sometimes um, carrying them, you know, in a raft on the swim and in a little, um, what do you call it? seat on behind the, their bike and they're pushing them in a stroller on the run yeah yeah so there's really no shortage of you know motivation out there on the course it's pretty pretty neat to see in the triathlon community some of these people hard to find an excuse too for why you can't do something you know when you look at these people so and it goes to all levels too which is kind of unique uh, we talk about some professionals and i don't know if we'll get into this or not but lionel sanders uh, pretty incredible story and that's something i think that should be shared with not just the triathlon world even the endurance world but should be shared more broadly yeah uh, you stole you stole oh, mine you stole mine <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. okay no 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 i just no go ahead we come back to it i mean just that his remarkable journey from being an addict and, and becoming one of the best in the world at his his sport and um, it's pretty amazing what he has accomplished yeah, ditto. Um, so another question for you. you. I think we touched on this maybe a little bit, but uh, you know, tell me how this mentality of trying hard things, how that translates into uh, other areas of your life or how it has maybe translated into other areas of your life or can in someone else's life. Yeah, so... It's uh, definitely a good question and something that I want to emphasize more as, as far as the, my vision for this whole try hard things, um, whatever you want to call it, but how we can use our, our experiences um, in endurance sports and how that can translate to real life. And, and, and everyone's unique, I think, as well. But I think uh, the more we, you know, endurance sports is all about putting forth the effort, making goals and accomplishing those goals. 
And the more we do that in our life, the more we will be able to, to do that in other areas of work and family, um, religion, all that stuff that we can, we can translate directly from that. Um, trying to think some good examples for me personally, I think one is, you know, with motivation, getting, you know, you're getting motivated to, to tackle an obstacle at work or at home. I feel like I can do that better because I know how to, how to get that inner motivation. Um, and that's, um, through endurance sports where, you know, I'm not doing this for the, you know, most people who run marathons are not doing that for the fame. There is no fame in it. Even the, the elite runners or the elite triathletes, they can't, you know, barely make a living, but, but they do it more for themselves and see how they can push their own selves. And, and the more you do that, the more you're trying to push your own self, the more internal drive you get. And that internal drive was the, the thing that translates into other aspects of, of life for me. Um, what yeah. about you? What, yeah, what? no, I think for me, uh, I mean, we're all looking to uh, improve as um, whether it's a physician um, to whatever your occupation may be, to a father, a husband, brother, son, sibling, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think uh, in endurance sports, when you challenge yourself um, and you do this, quote-unquote, tr you try hard things and prove to yourself that you can do hard things, um, I mean, you start, you start to believe in yourself, uh, in other areas of life. Um, and, uh, you acquire, you know, certain attributes that really translate into other areas of your life, maybe as a husband or a father. I mean, you, you've got to learn a lot of patience in endurance sports. You got to uh, have a lot of mental toughness. Um, and those kind of things translate over into, into work, into the home into relationships. Um, so yeah, I think it's helped me a lot in, in that regard. I mean, you can also hurt you if you're not careful. I mean, you can get obsessed with it and I've, I've had to have, I've had to kind of balance that a little bit too, where you can start to really neglect things um, because you just become so consumed with it. So it's important yeah. to have, it's important to have balance. Funny that you say that word balance. But no, we'll talk about that a little later. Why is that funny? <laughs> I don't like the word balance. You don't like the word balance? You want to so, to me, um, I don't think we can ever achieve balance, right? I think it's hard to juggle everything and, and be perfectly balanced in every aspect of your life. And I think, I don't remember who said this, but they look at balance um, as kind of a fictitious um, word that you'll never be able to get to so oh, now you're making said, me now you're making me feel bad Seth no no you're good <laughs> kind of balance what I like is being a, a present being 100% present in what you're doing at the time you know and not you know um, when you're when you're working you're working when you're home you're home with your family with your kids or your brothers or sisters or whatever it may be uh, when you're working out you're working out um, that's good that makes a little more sense as far as not having to, to worry about, oh, I spent 50% of my time here, I gotta do 50% of my time here, or 20%, stuff like that. I think the more we're there in the moment, the more focused, the better balance we'll get. So I wanna use this time to issue a formal apology to Seth for using the word balance. Sorry to offend you, Seth. No, no, you're good. Um, so we talked about, you know, me a little bit and what I was, um, kind of my motivation, my story a little bit. So let's get into your story a bit. Um, just give us a brief rundown of how you, you know, got into endurance sports, um, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, I think I mentioned before, I really don't have a background in endurance sports. Uh, mostly played kind of typical team ball sports as a kid tennis, basketball in high school, uh, was never much of a runner, um, couldn't really swim to save my life and never really been on a road bike before. But, uh, 
My story. Know that with your biking ability. <laughs> What's that? You wouldn't know that with your biking ability. Oh sure, sure. I play catch up to you every race. <laughs> I got to get a good cushion on Seth so I can have a chance in the run. So uh, my story is, uh, you know, I've had a fairly easy life, I would say, compared to most. I don't know what you call that. Privilege? Is that what they call it these days? Golden spoon, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I mean, no, I mean, pretty middle class, whatever. But a happy family life. Uh, did the college thing, went to BYU like Seth. Um, right. Met my wife um, in uh, 2006. And uh, we've had a pretty pretty great marriage uh, I've been married for 13 13 years now um, and where this whole thing kind of started for me was about 20 I guess it would have been 20, 2014 I think um, I was in my second year of uh, podiatry residency surgical residency down in Southern California and uh, Amanda was teaching at the time she's a school teacher and uh, we'd been trying to start our family for close to close to a, a decade at this point, or I guess like seven or eight years, um, with no success. But uh, she was going through some IVF treatments, which, for those who don't know, I'm sure you do in vitro fertility, in, yeah, in vitro fertilization. So she struggles with infertility, um, and uh, she's had a few other surgeries from complications. And uh, we had just done what's called the egg retrieval, and several weeks later, she developed a pretty significant complication where she basically got this infection in her belly and became uh, septic, which most of you have probably heard that term. It's going to be pretty scary. Um, she got really ill and uh, basically was in the hospital for a week, had to have kind of an emergency surgery to clean her out. Pretty big deal. Um, and it was just a rough time for me. Um, I mean, I'll give you some perspective. You know, for those who haven't been through any like medical training, and I'm sure other people have been through worse. But this was, you know, second year of residency, and so my life is pretty busy as it is. And to give you some perspective, she, she the day she got ill, I'll never forget, um, was a Saturday, and she was, you know, vomiting and just in terrible shape. We needed to rush her to the emergency room. And uh, I was on an orthopedic rotation with an orthopedic surgeon. And uh, he had scheduled a hip surgery that day, like a long, like five-hour hip surgery. And uh, so I was rushing Amanda to the emergency room. And he, you know, I called him and explained the situation and thinking, okay, this guy's just going to understand. He'll get help from somebody else. But he basically just told me, well, I need you there, which is pretty pretty brutal. So basically I had to drop my wife off at the emergency room and go uh, scrub into a hip surgery for uh, the rest of the, most of the rest of the day while I didn't know what was going on with my wife. Luckily we had some friends go over there and kind of tend to her. And Anyway, she was admitted in the hospital, had a surgery. She came home a week later and was just sick for months like it took I've never seen her like this it was three months for her to you know she lost like 25 pounds and she's already a pretty small girl and uh, was really weak and ill and just could basically was just laying around for months she couldn't do much and uh, when she's in pain I'm in pain you know it just uh, it was it was a tough time and I started feeling depressed and just kind of hopeless so long story short, sorry, kind of long-winded there, but um, I, you know, just found myself thinking a lot, you know, how I was going to kind of get out of this funk and how we were going to get out of this funk. And just a frustrating time as a doctor in training, I thought, you know, I could do something to help my wife, but it was just so frustrating. I couldn't really help her much. And uh, I just had this kind of thought come to me uh, that told me that I the words that I kind of heard were, you need to suffer. And uh, the first thing that came to mind was Iron Man. I don't know why. I can't remember how that came to my mind. But um, So I started looking up events and found this 
half Ironman event in St. George. It had a relative that had done it and told me how crazy it was and, and, uh, signed up, uh, with no background in any of the three disciplines. And, uh, yeah, from there, you know, flash forward, here we are five, six years later and, um, completed, uh, like Seth and I talked about a number of races and, done things that I never could have dreamed I was capable of. Um, and by far, I'm not the most impressive guy out there, but uh, it's been pretty amazing to see what you can do. And uh, when you apply, what's that? Although you do look pretty good in your kit, so. I do look good in a kit, I have to admit. Yeah, yeah, I do like, for those who don't know, the kit is the triathlon leotard suit that we wear. Uh, which, you know, as a, gosh, as a teenager, a kid, if I ever knew that only, you know, a decade or two later, I'd be sporting one of those, I never would have, oh, yeah. I never would have let myself live like that. Uh, but anyway, now I'm really into the kits. I love, uh, love the uh, spandex, um, anything tight, really. Uh, but yeah, so... So here I am today. I mean, it's not a miraculous story. I didn't overcome anything myself, really, other than, you know, some kind of dark times. And really, my inspiration, as kind of Seth talked about, mine also is, you know, is my wife and seeing all the, the hard things she's been through that she's had to endure. Um, you know, you can't really make sense of something like that. You know, that's been our biggest dream to start a family. Uh, the thing I didn't share on our Instagram post that kind of the happy ending is, um, we have since adopted a little yes. girl this year, Billy Ann, in yes. January, two months, going on three months old, and she's the love of our life, and um, it's been amazing. And Amanda has since taken up triathlon herself and is trying hard things, and she's doing amazing, and she's going to be competing in her first half Ironman with uh, Seth and I. Um, you're doing that one, right, Seth? Uh, yeah. In August. Or in, signed up for it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what COVID has to say about that uh, in Boulder, Colorado. So that pretty nice little, put a little ribbon on that story. But um, so, yeah, not anything miraculous, but uh, it, it means a lot to me. It's a special story to me, and it's uh, it's been a really cool journey. So, so you mentioned uh, that you felt like you had to suffer. What do you think... Uh that suffering has helped you with personally? Um, I'm kind of a, and my wife will attest to this, I'm kind of a negative person. Um, that's something I struggle with. I find that I'm pretty cynical, uh, easily critical, something I've worked on over the years. I don't know if it's helped me with that so much, but... Uh, I think just learning uh, what what people are capable of, not just myself, but um, by suffering. There's a quote that I love. I have it in the wall here in the office uh, by Elliot Kipchoge, who is the, uh, everybody who's in the marathon or running community knows who that is, uh, but he's the guy that ran the, the sub two hour marathon recently. Um, and he says, I believe no human is limited. Pretty simple. Um, but I really, really believe that statement. And because, uh, I mean, before I did all this, you know, I certainly thought I was pretty limited. And obviously I still have limitations, but I, I just, I believe that I believe in people. And I think that's what um, suffering has taught me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, kind of going off of that, I think uh, for those who truly find the, the passion and endurance sports. I mean, you, you won't be another a better or bigger optimistic person. I mean, yeah, there are some people that you know definitely take it too seriously and you know, aren't very pleasant to be around. But for those that have captured the the essence of you know running or endurance sports, I mean, they're just the most optimistic, um, positive people I think I've ever met. Yeah, it's a really positive community, very supportive. And yeah, for sure. So we are approaching uh, Joe Rogan status here. 
Uh, getting there. No, we're getting up near the hour mark, and I know you guys are just itching to hear more. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna leave you with some teasers here. I know you want us to go on forever here, but uh, any any last thoughts, Seth? Anything you want to wrap up with, or no? Um... Yeah, like he says, some teasers. We hope that um, through our posts on Instagram, you know, we to share a glimpse of some of the stories. Uh, we probably will uh, bring them to the podcast uh, to get a little more into their, their own stories personally. It's hard to do that within a couple of sentences that Instagram allows you to. So going back, so the plan is for Instagram, right? Highlight, what, one or two athletes a week? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. No, yeah, probably one or two a week. Um, do some of our training, you know, get, you know, follow us along our journey as well as we try to, like we mentioned before, try to qualify for these heavier events. Not heavier. I don't know what the word is. For that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dumb word. Um, that is a pretty dumb word. It's like balance, right? <laughs> yeah, like balance. Yeah, heavy balance. As we, yeah, as we try. We try to qualify bigger, for bigger, maybe bigger events. Would that be appropriate? Yeah, yeah. bigger events. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, do a couple inspirational, motivational type posts. Lots of feet, too. There'll be lots of feet. Oh, tons of feet, yeah. Yeah. Feet with nine toes or 20 toes or fungal nails, you name it. Bunions. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll do like a top. 10 bunions list one day or something <laughs> with full pictures and animation too so <laughs> yeah so yeah i think uh it's going to be pretty exciting um you know uh we're i what i love the most is uh just hearing stories and uh giving people that platform to tell their story like i could just you know go on youtube or netflix or whatever and just watch you know, these inspirational stories all day. Um, so that's what I most look forward to is hearing your stories. Uh, so, I mean, we got, what, how many followers now? 20, oh, 20, 25 million? 25 million? 100 million, yeah. Yeah, oh, 100 million, okay. So a third of the United States, okay. Yeah. That's a lot of stories. Uh, but Russian uh, names. <laughs> So, so yeah, uh, excited to hear your stories. Please share them with us. Reach out to us on Instagram. You can follow us at, at TryHardThings um, on Instagram or Facebook. Correct, Seth? Is there a Facebook account on? Not yet, but... Not yet. It will be shortly. Again, we don't know how to social media that well, so we'll, <laughs> we'll figure this out eventually. We're working on it. Um, and hopefully we'll have a podcast episode, uh, you know, I can't make any promises. What do you think? Every week or two? Possibly. Yeah, maybe start every, every other week and try to build out from there. Yeah. Have, have, some, have, some, special, have some special guests, have the wives on maybe. Um, yeah, definitely. So, and then we'll sell lots of merch, lots and lots of merch, so... Right, get your credit cards ready. We're coming <laughs> after you. Um, any last words? Um, no, I mean, we're, I'm excited to, to start this. Uh, it's been years in the making. Uh, obviously, the thought of starting it is, you know... I thought it was last night. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> last night. <laughs> No, but it's it's been it's been a long time, and um, you know I finally started. Hey, what the heck? Let's just get it going and and see what we can do with it. Might yeah, go from there. Awesome, sounds good. Sorry, the wife's texting me here. Yeah, you're a little late. They better get back to her, <laughs> especially with that newborn. You're in trouble. Yes, I am. Okay, uh, well, we're gonna sign off here. Um, Check us out on, we should be available here soon on iTunes. Is it iTunes? <laughs> we got to figure this stuff out. iTunes, Stitcher, I think is the other one. 
We'll make it available on all the uh, podcast networks. Uh, you could probably just go to top episodes or top shows on iTunes, and we'll be up there uh, above Joe Rogan. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be there within a week or two. Try hard things. Okay. All right. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. It was a good, good talk. Good we'll, chat. We'll do it again soon. Get home to your kid. Okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>